0: Talk Radio. Well, bless the Lord, everybody, this is Pastor Winfred Burns of Word, Worship, and Witness Ministries, and this is The Word on Wednesday. And tonight, oh, do we have a conversation and a Bible study to have. Uh, One of the things that um, I want you to do tonight, the first thing I want you to do, is I want you to really begin to intercede on my behalf. Uh, I really need you praying, going through a a test, Um, and it's, it's all good. It's nothing, you know. It's just one of those things where I need the intercessors to really be in prayer. Um, I need some people to pull me through. I've been pulling a wagon for a long time, and now my wagon is dragging, so I need some folk who are really, really willing to go to war on my behalf. And these are issues of faith. Ain't nothing wrong with me other than the usual, you know, I'm the usual crazy. Other than that, nothing, but uh, there comes a time when you are warring in the spirit where you need help. And so I'm going to just get up close and out front and say that during this season, I could sure sure use some help in prayer, in prayer. So be in prayer for me, if you would, please. Um, And let's jump into tonight's... um, Lesson and By way of review, what I want to remind you of are some of the things that we have been visiting. We know that during this segment that what we are seeing is we are seeing the results of sin. We are seeing the results of David's sin. David is reaping what he has sown. I point you back without going back to Second uh, Samuel chapter twelve, verse ten, where God has basically told David, because you did this, this is what's going to happen. And so, you know, a lot of people get confused and they say that God is cursing David. No, God is telling David, give, letting him know that this is what you are going to reap because you have sown, okay? I really need you to get that part down. You're going to, this is what you're going to reap because of what you've sown. And so we walk through David's house and we see the results of sin. And now we, 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 we go back and think about it for a second. Um, Started with Tamar being raped by Amnon, then Absalom uh, reveals himself as a hater, and Absalom then goes and he kill he he schemes and he kills Amnon to place himself in the prime position to take the throne. From there, Absalom is not just satisfied with. Uh, being in position to ascend to the throne, but he, uh, because of the hatred that is within him uh, and, uh, and his ambitiousness, as well as the fact that he thinks he deserves it and that he's better, what happens? Absalom then goes, and the Bible says he steals the heart of the people. He deceives the people by saying, basically, I'm a better king than David will ever be. I'll be the one that listens to you. I'm going to be the one that loves you. And he then goes a little further. He tricks people into going with him. He tricks David into... Uh, believing that he that uh, um, he tricks David into believing that he's going to pay off a vow down in Hebron. Now, why David goes along with that, I don't know, because the best place to pay, pay a vow is in Jerusalem, the city of God where he is. But David says, go ahead on, do it. And then David foments, I mean, excuse me, Absalom foments rebellion. Last week we showed David fleeing, and the thing that we really spent a lot of time on is the need to have a good friend, the need for friendship. And we saw how uh, David, David's friend, friends rallied around him, how uh, um, Ittai, refu- uh, the, his guard, refused to go back, Instead says, "Hey, look! You know what? I'm with you till the end." Um, how various counselors came to him, how people just surrounded him and lifted him up during his time during this time of crisis. But we also saw something else about David. We saw that David was content with the will of God. He he didn't strike out at Shimei when Shimei, uh, who is a relative of Saul. He is cursing him. Instead, he goes back and he says to Shimei, he's, he's, he says to uh, his soldiers, he says, don't kill him. He might be doing what God wants him to do. But if God sees fit to bring me back, it's on him. Now, uh, we want to keep going tonight, but before we go any further uh, and start picking up at 17. What we want to do is we want to spend a, friend, uh, a few minutes in prayer. And you're right, Sister Portia. Uh, good friends are hard to come by, but we still need them. Uh, so let's, let's spend a word in prayer. And then after we pray, I want to give a, uh, a quick invitation to those who might not know Jesus, and then we'll just dive into the lesson. Uh, Father, in Jesus' name we come. And we say thank you. God, we thank you tonight as we attempt to teach your word. Father, but we can't teach it. We can't teach it unless your spirit leads us. They can't hear it unless your spirit speaks. We can't understand unless your spirit opens our mind and and, and and explains things to us. So we need your spirit tonight, oh God. And you said that you would give us your spirit. And so, Father, tonight we receive by faith your spirit as our teacher tonight. Oh, how we bless you and how we praise you for all those who, who show up week in and week out to study your word with us. We pray that you would bless their households, that you would bless their lives, that you would bless their vision, that you would bless their hearing, that you would activate their faith in such a way that they are not only hearers of the word, but doers, that they would advance and advance the kingdom of God for you. God, how we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Now, just in case, just in case I've got folk out there, and I hope I do who have never heard the good news, let me be the one to give it to you. You ready? Here's the good news. Your sins are forgiven. That's right. That stuff you've been worrying about, that hell that you've been trying to put out of your mind, that that, that question that you have, what is going to happen to me if I die today? I came to tell you tonight that the word of the Lord, the good news is your sins have been forgiven. Because Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins. And it is through his death that our sin penalty was paid. And because our sin penalty was paid, God has forgiven us, all of us. But now, there's something that you have to do. Number one, you've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came and died for your sins and on the third day rose again. That's number one. Number two, you got not only do you believe it, but by act of faith, if you believe it in your heart, you've got to confess it out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. You must confess it from your mouth. A willingness to confess What God has said by faith is what enables salvation to come to you. So when you accept what God has done for you and you express it from your heart out of your mouth, guess what happens? You're saved. And what what do you confess? All you have to do is say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and I ask him to be my Savior. Once you do that, he won't deny you, and you, my brother, you, my sister, have received the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, and you become a son or daughter of God. And If you've done that, then I want you to do just one more thing for me. I want you to go find a Christian. I want you to go find a pastor or a church filled with Christians, and I want you to go tell them what you've done. Why do I want you to do that? Because then they can help explain salvation to you. They can explain to you better than I can right now, one-on-one, what you've done and the great life that you now enter into. They'll tell you what you need to do to continue to walk with God and be transformed into the very likeness of God as you walk through the rest of your life. If you did that, if you do that, okay, if you do that, that will really help you. And let me just finish by saying, welcome to the family of God. Welcome, my sister. Welcome, my brother. Amen. Now, let's get at it. Let's get at it. I'm going to where we are tonight. We're in Second Samuel chapter 17, um, and I want to. I'll, I'm going to back up to verse 21, and I just want to. I, you know, sometimes I. Sometimes we like to parachute into stuff, and then there's other of us just like to meander into it. The meander is a good old country word. Most of y'all don't know nothing about meandering. It's kind of like a wandering, slow walk towards something. I'm going to meander a little bit today, and then I will, but we're going to get at it because there's some, there's some meat in here. Uh, I'm going to start work at 1621. No, 1620, excuse me. Absalom said to Ahithophel, give us your advice. What should we do? Ahithophel answered, lie with your father's concubines whom he left to take care of the palace. Then all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench in your father's nostrils, and the hands of everyone with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and he lay with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now, so what what just happened there? What just happened there? Remember, David had left the concubines there to take care of the palace. One of the things that showed that you had overthrown a king and was taking over uh, from the previous king was that you would begin... You, What you would do is you would sleep with the concubines and or wives that were left behind to show that you, that you were now in charge, that you had invaded this man's space, and now you were taking his women, everything belonged to you. You were literally defiling his, his wives and defiling everything about him. And this is, this is what kings did to other kings. They would take their concubines in an overthrow or a base situation. And that's why it says, and there you will strengthen your hand. You will show that you are really the king, that this is not no make-believe thing, that David is not coming back, that you are the man. And so what he does is he takes Ahithophel's advice, and he does it in broad daylight. He does it in broad daylight. Let, let's, connect with, let's connect something with the scripture real quick. Go back. Remember, what did David do? David snuck up and had Bathsheba and did his thing in secret, didn't he? But what did the word of the Lord say concerning David? And we talked about it earlier. Look, what, what he says. Uh, verse 11, this is what the, uh, this is twelve eleven. This is what the Lord says, out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Look at the word of the Lord being fulfilled. You did it in secret but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. And what's happening here in chapter 16, what was done in secret is now being manifested in the light for all to see. Keep moving. Verse 23, now in those days, the advice of Ahithophel, the advice Ahithophel gave was like that of one who inquired of God, That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of Ahithophel's advice. Now we're into chapter 17. Ahithophel said to Absalom, I would choose 12,000 men and set out tonight in pursuit of David. I would attack him while he is weary and weak. I would strike him with terror, and then all the people with him will flee. I would strike down only the king and bring all the people back to you. The death of the man you seek will mean the return of all, All the people will be unharmed. This plan seemed good to Absalom and to all the elders of Israel. But, Absalom said, summon also Hushai the Archite, so we can hear what he has to say. When Hushai came to him, Absalom said, Ahitophel has given this device, advice. Should we do what he says? If not, give us your opinion. Hushai replied to Absalom, The advice Ahitophel has given is not good this time. You know your father and his men. They are fighters, and as fierce as a wild bear robbed of her cubs. Besides, your father is an experienced fighter, He will not spend the night with the troops, even now. He is hidden in a cave or some other place. If he should attack your troops first, whoever hears about it will say, there has been a slaughter among the troops who follow Absalom. Then even the bravest soldier, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt with fear, for all Israel knows that your father is a fighter and that those with him are brave. So I advise you that all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, as numerous as the sand on the seashore, be gathered to you, with you yourself leading them into battle. Then we will attack him wherever he may be found, and we will fall on him like the dew settles on the ground. Neither he nor any of his men will be left alive. If he withdraws into a city, that all Israel will bring ropes to that city and we will drag it down to the valley <coughs> until not even a piece of it can be found. <coughs> Excuse me. Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai, the archite, is better than that of Ahithophel, for the Lord had determined to frustrate the good advice of Ahithophel in order to bring disaster on Absalom. Now, what we have is we have two competing counselors giving two different pieces of advice. The first one is Ahithophel, who we know is well-regarded not only by David, but also by Absalom, because he says in verse 23, chapter 16, in those days the advice of Hito, the advice Ahithophel gave was like that of one who inquires of God. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of Ahithophel's device. So basically what we hear here is that Ahithophel was a man who, who knew how to inquire of God. But why is his advice not heeded? Well, first of all, we find out why his advice is not heeded. Heeded because God is going to frustrate his advice. God has determined that that word is not going forward at all. So before we even discuss what was said, God determined that that word would not find fertile ground. And now we have Hushai, the archite, who we don't know his wisdom or anything. The only thing that we have established about Hushai is that he is David's friend. If you look throughout the Bible, you never find a position that he's in. You never find a title of him. The closest thing is the title is that he's the archite. That's it. And that's a place, not a position. But the Bible lists him as David's friend. And David has taken counsel with him before. And now he places him in a position to be a counsel. Now, a lot of people think that. Let's stop for a minute. Let's stop because I gotta, I gotta really explain some stuff. A lot of people think that a counselor is a person who is, it just gives advice. Um, in the in Western thought, when we think of a real counselor, somebody who has that title, a counselor is a person who is trained to give guidance in personal, social, or psychological situations. That person has been to school. He studied uh, Jungian psychology or Freudian psychology or, or the latest whatever, the pop, snap, pop, fizzle psychology there is, And so he's trained to sit and to listen and to give advice. And when I say he, I also mean she, too, you know, as he just comes out. But there is a difference between a counselor as we view them in Western society and a counselor as they are viewed in biblical times. A biblical counselor is one who is versed in the laws of God, and he or she is able to tell you what thus saith the Lord. So the counsel that they are giving is going to be according to the laws of God. And in in Ahithophel's case, sometimes the the counsel that he gave was according to uh, the word that he received in prayer from God. You see, back then, people knew how to get down on their knees, just as we know now, and go before God and get a word, get direction from God as to how to proceed. They had the Holy Spirit, but they don't have the. They did not have the Holy Spirit as we have the Holy Spirit now. The Holy Spirit was not indwelling. Instead, the Holy Spirit would hover. The Holy Spirit would show up on the scene. But the law, the law, the Word of God was what guided them during those days. And at Hittorfeld was a counselor who knew what thus saith the Lord, and if God hadn't said it, he knew how how to go to God, and he knew how to speak to God, and he knew how to get a word from God that way. But what we find here, and we established it over the weeks, that Ahithophel's advice was not according to the word of God. Remember we talked about Ahithophel's motives? We talked about that one of his motives was the fact that David had violated his household when he went and he took his, uh, Bathsheba, who is a Hitophel's granddaughter, and then had her husband murdered. Yeah, he, he harbored that in his heart. And so he enjoins himself, and now you can tell that he's giving bad advice because what's the first piece of advice that he gives? He says to Absalom, "Go sleep with your daddy's women. Make the overthrow complete." This is completely against the law. It foments rebellion. It is the it is the as they say the the, 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 the icing on the cake, the cherry on top of the sundae. When Absalom takes the advice of Aditophel and completes his rebellious behavior at his advice. And God's got him now. So that's, the, that, that's what a counselor is that's, that's, uh, in, in when we talk about counsel. And I'm going to tell you something, even in the middle of this. We all need to have good counsel. We all need to surround ourselves with people who know the Word of God and who can help us as we walk through life by reminding us or discussing with us what thus saith the Lord. The Bible teaches us the necessity of having a counselor. Turn with me real quick to um, Proverbs chapter 11. In to Proverbs 11, and look at verse 14. It says, For lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. I'm going to switch Bibles on y'all real quick because there's a word that I'm looking for, and oftentimes I don't find it the way I like it written. I'm going to switch over to an ESV. I love the NIV uh, for its simplicity, but sometimes the wording just does not bring the impact that I like when I'm when I'm teaching. So. So I switch between one and the other. And let me just. Here it is, 11:14. Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. That's what I was looking for. In an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Switch. As long as we're in Proverbs, move over to verse 24, verse 6. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Now, why are you reading that? Because the counselor... The person who understands and knows the word of the Lord is going to be able to help guide you through your life, guide you through victory, guide you during a time of war. And so wait a minute, hold on. He's saying right now, Pastor, uh, we're not in, in, in any kind of war. Yes, you are every day. You battle Satan. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness, against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. If that ain't a war, what is? Early on, I was at, I was telling y'all, hey, look, y'all got to pray me through some stuff. Why are we? Because we're in a war. And so... It is in the multitude of counselors that, want, number one, we find safety, and number two, we find victory. Keep going. Um, let's go to 15. Let's just stay in Proverbs for a few minutes. Proverbs 15. Just flip back there real quick. Because can, we can tell the story of Absalom, but what we want to do is we don't want to make the same mistakes by, finding, by listening to folk who are not counseling us according to the word. You see, one of the things that I am aware of that's happening right now is that many Christians are being counseled by people and by organizations and by celebrities who are not counseling according to the word of God. And I'm not saying anything bad about any of them, but I I will say this, their counsel is the, the same type of counsel that Absalom was getting because they were counseling the flesh. They counsel in such a way that it makes the flesh prosper. We're not people of the flesh. We are people of the spirit. And so we prosper by getting the counsel of the spirit, the counsel of God. And when we continue to take counsel from the world, what happens? Our outer man, the fleshly man, that, that will of ours, that sinful will of ours, gets stronger and stronger while we neglect our spirit man. And it is the spirit that is eternal, you see? And so when we take that worldly advice, what are we doing? We are sowing to our flesh. And uh, when we sow to our flesh, what do we get? Of the flesh, we reap corruption. That's the word. And so it is important that when we seek counsel, when we think about counsel, we want a counselor who is versed in the word because it is the word that gives life. Amen? So now, I was saying, go to um, 1522. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed without the word of God, without a person who is versed in the word, okay. who is versed in the word, land is going to fail because it will always be a plan of flesh. And when we can bounce things off each other, when, we're told, when our aim is to please God by doing the things of God, we want somebody that knows God's plan and God's will, who is searching out God's will. Amen. Go. Let's just a couple more. Um, verse nine. Go to chapter nineteen. I'm about to turn the corner on this pretty soon if I want to finish. Nineteen, uh, verse twenty. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. You see, when we take counsel from God, his, he will reveal his purpose, and that's what's going to stand. Go One more, 2018. Just one more, and I'll stop. And I'll get back, and we'll, and we'll land back. 2018. Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, wage war. Do you get that? Do you see that? That's why counsel, and that's why knowing uh, the, the Word of God, knowing, being engaged with people who know the Word, who can give you sound advice, is important. Let's, so now we know what. what, what um, I can get back here now. We know what that, that uh, Ahithophel has said um, to him, one, lay with the concubines. Two, go get David now. Don't let him get established. But then, but then Hushai comes along, and God has placed Hushai with a word, giving him a word to give to Absalom. And Hushai said, better not do that. Don't do that, he said, because you know your father know how to fight. And you know that you can go attack him right now, but he's got the best fighters, and your men will be discouraged because y'all are going to lose. A better plan is this, and watch Hushai appeal to Absalom's vanity. You see, everybody got that little point? I mean, we're, we're watching it right now. How, what, is the, what, what is happening to Donald Trump? If you want to get something out of Donald Trump, you walk up to him and you say, Oh, Donald Trump, man, you is just great. You're so smart. Yo, you won that election. You beat old Hillary. You did this. you the man. you the man. And Donald Trump will sit up there and he'll suck it up. And not only will he suck it up, but then he'll give you something back and tell you the secrets of his heart. He'll tell you stuff that you ain't got no business hearing. We're seeing that right now because they appeal to his vanity. And this is exactly what Hushai does to Absalom. He says, get all your men together. Get all Israel together, and let's go get him this way. And look at, look at what he says, with you leading them. Can you imagine what went on in Absalom's mind, knowing that Absalom is vain? Remember we talked about how vain he was in cutting his hair and how pretty he was? Here's Absalom in his mind, and he got his horses and people running before him, and Absalom sees himself in all of his power and all of his glory riding out toward his victory on his pretty white horse, just strutting, knowing he's getting ready to do his thing. He imagines that in his mind, and immediately says, Hushai's advice is better than hitophel's." Absalom has been set up. His own vanity is about to kill him. His own pride. What did we talk about when we talked about pride? Pride cometh before destruction and a haughty spirit. Before a fall. And that's what happens to Absalom. Let's go further. Verse 15. Hushai. Before I read that, listen to the last that last part of verse 14. For the Lord had determined to frustrate the good advice of Ahithophel... In order to bring disaster on Absalom. Now I want you to understand that God is just allowing Absalom to do the same thing that his daddy did. He's going to reap what he has sown. He's going. It's the natural way of sin. What does it say? And when sin is done with you, it's death. When sin get finished messing with you, it leads to death. Okay, here. Hushai told Zadok and Abiathar, remember that Zadok and Abiathar are the priests, and they had been set in a position to do this job by David. Go back and read the last chapter. Hushai told Zadok and Abiathar the priest. Ahithophel has advised Absalom and the elders of Israel to do such and such, but I have advised them to do so and so, hence the name of this lesson. So you've got the the advice that said do such and such against the advice that said do so and so. Now send a message immediately and tell David, Do not spend the night at the fjords in the desert. Cross over without fail, or the king and all the people with him will be swallowed up. Jonathan and Ahimaaz were staying at Enrogel. A servant girl was to go and inform them, and they were to go and tell King David, for they could not risk being seen entering the city. But a young man saw them and told Absalom, So the two of them left quickly and went to the house of a man in Bahurim. He had a well in his courtyard, and they climbed down into it. His wife took a covering and spread it out over the opening of the well and scattered grain over it. No one knew anything about it. When Absalom's men came to the women at the house, they asked, Where are Ahimaz and Jonathan? The woman answered them. They crossed over the brook. The men searched but found no one, so they returned to Jerusalem. After the men had gone, the two climbed out of the well and went to inform King David. They said to him, set out and cross the river at once. Ahithophel has advised such and such against you. So David and all the people with him set out and crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, no one was left who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahithophel saw that his advice had not been followed, He saddled his donkey and set out for his house in his hometown. He put his house in order and then hanged himself. So he died and was buried in his father's tomb. Does this story sound kind of familiar? Doesn't this kind of remind you of the spies that Rahab Rahab hid? Now, there's a lot of parallels there. But the thing that you want to get out of this is that God is always going to accomplish his purpose. That there is nothing that the enemy can do because God is working behind the scenes to make sure his will in your life will be done. God is working in David's life to affect some things. One of the things that we'll see later on is Absalom was never destined. The throne was never his destiny. No matter what he did, he wasn't going to get that throne. He had disqualified himself because he was not a man of the word. He was not a man after God's own heart. And when you are involved in a work of God, when you are involved in doing the will of God, no matter what the enemy says, no matter what traps he lays, no matter who he has on your tail, I will guarantee you that God's will in your life will be done. Now, you want me to go into a place where I say, the blessings of God, you're going to be rich, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. I can't say that, but what I can say is, God's will for your life will be done. And He's going to make sure of that. I have to to always make sure that you understand. And when you, and when you. And when you are walking in the will and the way of God, I'll guarantee you that there'll be some hard days. There'll be some difficult times. There'll be some trials. There'll be some tribulations. But be of good cheer because Jesus overcame them all and because he overcame, we overcome. Because he got the victory, we get the victory. At the End of the book, when your life is over, when you stand before God, you will be dancing around the throne even as the enemy is over in the pit getting baked and cooked and tormented. You have the victory. That's, that's the thing I, I need to tell you. But let, let, let me keep going. Let me keep going because it, it is so important that you understand that you have divine protection, that it is God that's going to lead you, that it's God that's going to open up doors for you, that it's God that's going to hide you in the shadow of his wings when, when the enemy is coming to thwart the purpose of God in your life. Let me go further. They, they, get, they came out the, the will. They told David to... to uh, 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 Get across that river. Don't stay there. You're in the wrong position. You're in a position where you're going to be overwhelmed. So what does Ahithophel do? Ahithophel said, It's over for me. He's not listening to me. And so he goes, and he kills himself. Sound a little like Judas dead on him. Let's go further. Verse 24. David went to Mahanim and Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Absalom had appointed Amasa over the army in place of Joab. You know what? Let me stop for a second. Let me stop for a second. Because one of the things that we talked about earlier, I want to I wanna, I wanna, I wanna bring out a little bit more, because I talked about the need for a counselor. I talked about the, the, our need to have good, sound counsel. And so you probably were thinking right then and there, well, now, you know, my pastor, he knows the word, and I know some the word too, um, and I find some stuff. But every now and then I come into a situation where, boy, I'm puzzled, I'm perplexed, I don't know. And I don't know if I do have that kind of counselor in my life. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You just forgot. Let me show you something. Turn over to um, Isaiah. Yeah, let's go to Isaiah. You see, sometimes when we're studying in the Old Testament, we have a tendency to think that um, that that what we that what we are studying is historical, is mere history, but it has current applications and implications. Turn to Isaiah chapter nine. Yeah, Isaiah chapter nine. I'm show you something. You see, because we have a counselor. Somebody shouting already because y'all are real for me with Isaiah chapter nine. Look, look what it says. Verse six Isaiah chapter nine verse six. Go on shout. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called wonderful counselor. Let me go let me go back to my other uh, one my, my ESV Isaiah chapter nine verse six. I like this. I, like, I, I tell you, I, I was raised on King James and here. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We have a wonderful, and that word wonderful signifies the miraculous the counselor signifies him who not only knows the word, but is the word. And what kind of counsel will the wonderful counselor give us? Well, let's, let's flesh that out. Go to, chapter, go to chapter 11 in Isaiah verse 4. Here. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Stay there. Go to, uh, what does it say? With what? With righteousness. So he is going to, his counsel is the counsel of righteousness. He is going to tell us what is right according to the word of God. What does the son do? What does this wonderful counselor do? What is his example that he leaves us? He does what the Father says do. And he tells us only what the Father tells him. Do you see that? Look, look. so he counsels in righteousness. Go to uh, 16, Isaiah chapter 16, verse 5. Then a throne will be established, In steadfast love, and on it will sit in faithfulness in the tent of David, one who judges and seeks justice and is swift to do righteousness. Our counselor, the one that God gives to us, the one that is with us even now, is one who is established in love. What does Jesus want to do? What is his counsel to us all the time? Love one another. Secondly, he is faithful. He is known as the faithful witness. Thirdly, what he will judge and bring or seek out justice for us. So it's not, not that hanky-pank stuff. No, his counsel is a righteous counsel. His counsel is a loving counsel. His counsel is a faithful counsel. His counsel brings justice. Hmm. I can go further, but I won't. Do you see the kind of counsel that we have available to us? You say, but Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Okay, go to John chapter 14. You see, because we don't have to choose between uh, Ahitophel and Hushai. And Hushai is the friend of God. But Jesus, Hallelujah, calls us His friend. Let me go. Let me. Let me go further. Go to John chapter fourteen. I'm trying to round this out so we can end on. Um, get through this whole chapter, but we're not gonna make it. So don't worry about it. John chapter fourteen. Who is so much in John chapter fourteen? Oh. I'm just going to get a little bit. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go this way, boy. I'm so busy. Have you ever, you ever seen somebody trying to talk with a mouth full of food and think with a mouth full of food? That's me right now because it is so wonderful what God is showing us in terms of his counsel. John chapter 14. Come on, come on sticky fingers. Let's move. John chapter 14. Look at verse 16. Verse 16. All right, let's go to, let's, let's, let's start reading at 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Now, again, we come to that word counselor, that word counselor in the greek is parakletos, from where we understand paraclete now there are there's a couple of definitions that we derive from that that that, that word paraclete okay and that one that one of the words that we derive from that is he's a helper the other thing that comes from uh, that word paraclete is advocate and in that sense one, uh, he, it's a legal word. He's one who will plead our case. But Then there's one, that, then the other thing is one who will lead us into all truth. Let me keep reading. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I, too, will love him and will show myself to him. Let me drop down to verse 26. Oh, 25. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, watch this now, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Oh, God. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. But you see... God, Jesus, who is the wonderful counselor, now says upon leaving that I'm going to give you another counselor. Yeah, he says, there's a says, it's expedient that I leave because if I don't leave, then I can't send the Holy Ghost. And right now, we don't have to depend on the Ahimenez's, uh excuse me, the Ahitopheles. We don't have to go to worldly counsel. We have a counselor sent from heaven on high, and all we have to do is listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do in, at this time, because it's the job of the Holy Spirit. And I just wrote just some, a couple of things down I want to share with you. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to teach the things of Christ, The Holy Spirit will teach us the things to come. The Holy Spirit will teach us not some things, but all things. The Holy Spirit will quicken our memories concerning the past teachings of Christ. The Holy Spirit will bear witness of Christ. The Holy Spirit is here not to visit every now and then, but to dwell in the hearts of the believers. The Holy Spirit is there to convict us, to convict us of our sins, to convince us of our righteousness, and to convince us of how to bring justice and judgment into our lives into our families, into our communities. We have a counselor who indwells us and who will lead us into the things of God. David has to rely on the counsel that God working through somebody. But God is at work in the lives of believers by His Spirit. David went to man I'm at verse 24. And Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Absalom had appointed Amasa over the army in place of Joab. Amasa was a Amasa was the son of a man named Jephthah, an Israelite, who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, and sister of Zeruah, the mother of Joab. The Israelites and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. Now, this this place that David goes to, Mahanaim, Mahanaim is, is, if you look at your map in your Bible, you'll see the Jordan River. You'll see um, just southwest of the Jordan River, you will see Jerusalem. If you go Jerusalem to the Jordan, if you travel east to the Jordan, go north a little bit and then go east a little across the Jordan River, you'll see Manahem. That's the same place that Ishbosheth fled to when uh, when he was fighting with David just before those guys killed him. He fled to Manahem, Ma There it is, right there. So, now, look at the position that he's in. Look, and here comes uh, good old um, Absalom and all of Israel out ready to fight. Let me finish this off. When David came to Mahanam, Shobe son of Nahash from Rabba of the Ammonites, and Makur son of Amniel from Lodibar. And Barzillai, the Gilead from Rogalim, brought bedding and bowls and articles of pottery. They also brought wheat and barley, flour, roasted grain, beans and lentil, honey and curds, sheep and cheese from cow's milk for David and his people to eat. For they said, the people have become hungry and tired and thirsty in the desert. Remember the Ammonites, the enemies? of David. He is subjugated. Notice, not turn against him, but they are with him. They are for him. God will, will provide for you no matter where you are, and he will make those who who were your enemies become your friends and your comforters. He will make those who in times past you've had to fight with come and serve you. God is a God who is able to bring streams in the desert. He's able to provide for you in a weary land. He'll rain down bread from the sky. He'll bring water from a rock. God will take care of. And that's what we're seeing here today. God taking care of us, even in the midst of our battles. Brothers and sisters, as I close this Bible study tonight, I want to remind you in your struggle, no matter what you're going through, that those of us who love God and who are faithful to God, who obey his commands, because it says, if you love me, you'll obey my command. We have a counselor who is going to lead us into all truth. We, are, we have a counselor who will give us the necessary strategy. We have a counselor who will give us divine insight. We have a counselor who will tell you what the devil is trying to plot. All we need to do is trust in him. Listen to what the spirit is saying. Him that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to you tonight. Because I know that there are some, that there are some who are in the midst of a struggle. I'm in the middle of a struggle right now myself. But I can't listen to the advice of the world. I have to listen to the advice of the one who lives within the Holy Ghost, who's not only stirring me up to remind me of the things that I've been taught and the things that God has done for me in time past, but also to encourage me to go forward in faith to do the things that God has set at my hands to do. to continue to walk with God and abide in his will, to do his work, to, do, to abide in his word, to abide in him. Mm-hmm. That's his word to me, abide in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Absalom didn't do that, and Absalom didn't get that. He took the advice of the world. I'm going to leave you with a question tonight. Who's your counselor? Who is your counselor? Who's your friend? Is it Jesus? Is it the Holy Spirit dwelling within that Jesus has given to you? Let's end in prayer tonight, thanking God for all that he's done. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come. We thank you, O God, that, hallelujah, that you dwell, that you dwell within. And that all we need to do is open up our hearts and and open up our ears and open up our eyes and listen to what the Spirit is. Oh, God, unplug us, unplug us and take the scales off our eyes, us who have lost vision, who become hard of hearing and dull of heart. We repent right now, oh God, for, for following after the world, for comporting ourselves in a way that is acceptable to the world but repulsive to you. O God, forgive us and even now speak to us that we might hear, not only hear, but do what you say. Increase our faith. Make us even more determined to advance your kingdom, to go on mission with you, to do your will. God, how we thank you and we praise you. We denounce pride. We denounce falsehood. God, we denounce everything that is not of you. And we receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's it for tonight. We'll pick up uh, Chapter 18 next week. I pray that you would go back and reread that, re-study the notes, and allow Jesus to be not only your friend, but your counselor, for He is a wonderful counselor. Bless you. Have a wonderful evening. See you next week with the Word on Wednesday. Bye bye. <laughs>